Welcome to today's message from Reach Community Church. We hope this message encourages and blesses you as we dive into God's Word. And now, for today's message. Well, good morning. Um, this is a freebie. I'm not going to charge you for this one. That last song that we sang, and sometimes we, we get in here and we just, you know, we, we say what's on the screen without even really thinking about what's on the screen and we try to be in key and we try to clap on beat and we forget what we're doing um we're in here worshiping the creator who who not only created us not only put all these things together but made a way so that we could know him and we get to come in here and sing and and like this this, that song come hell or high water Look, I'm telling you, some of us in this room have already, some of us in this room are going to experience hell or high water. And we got to have a God that is still worthy of worship in the middle of that hell or high water. Man, there, this, these words, I just encourage you, like we're, we're going to sing a song at the end, like stop. Just singing, like look at these words and and pray these words. Sometimes half the time I'm over there, I'm not even singing the words because I'm just like, God, oh, yeah, I like that. You want some of that, God? I want some of that. Uh, and don't, you know, participate. You know, we're, we're in here um, to worship a God that is worthy and big enough to deserve all the worship that we can give him, even the out of key worship, even the out of, you know, I can't out of rhythm clapping. I can't clap and sing at the same time. I don't even care. And that corner over there is horrible because it kicks it back in my face and I hear it. Man. Man. Okay, I, I don't know about you, but I have some high expectations of today. Um, I believe that God wants to do something today that we can't explain away. I think God wants to do something today that... Uh, we'll break this little whatever that we get into, this this kind of poor rhythm of kind of like going through the motions. On, like, oh, yeah. Uh, I think God wants to do something miraculous today. So watch out. Everything that you want, hear me, has a cost. Everything. You have paid a price for everything that you now have, one way or the other, good or bad. Hear me. Everything that you have, you have paid for. You have lost time for it. You've spent money on it. You've expended energy for it. There is nothing that comes your way, good or bad, that doesn't cost you something. Everything in your future You will have to make a decision today. Remember we talked about last week? Only thing you have is today. You'll have to make a decision today that will determine whether you have it or experience it. I think sometimes we just keep waiting for God to do the things that we want him to do without thinking we have to do something on our end. And okay, let's just say if you're new here, no, um, salvation isn't purchased by your effort or energy, okay? Uh, salvation is a free gift given by God. 
hear me, because sometimes my words come out of my mouth and it sounds a whole lot like, man, I got to get better. I got to do better. I got to work harder. And that's not how we get God. But there is, I'm just going to say this, it's how we experience God. So the question is, and you'll hear this in the topic that I'm going to preach today, is do you want it? Do you want it bad enough to pay the price for it? Let's pray. Jesus, we don't even know what we need. And half the things that we're chasing after and half the things that we want, we don't need and are are disastrous for us. Today, I pray that you would elevate our view of you. That you would allow us to see the humanity that Jesus walked these this world with. But the power and majesty and lordship and rulership that he exhibits always. Lord, I pray that you would break these molds in us. Habits of being in this one position for long periods of time thinking nothing will ever change. Lord, when you walk into a room, the possibilities are endless. So, Lord, I, I, I'm not inviting you in here in a sense that you're not already here, but, Lord, I invite you to do whatever you need to do today through your word and by your power. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to be in John, uh, John 5, uh, verses 1 through 17. Um, the story that we're going to read about today, this is the only um, place in the Gospels that it is. It's not in any of the other ones. So um, if you read the one in your Bible and you read Gospel after Gospel, you're like, yeah, yeah, remember that, remember that. Well, you only got this one in John. So let me, let me lead into this. So leading up to this, well, you have John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him will have eternal life. We have the woman at the well who uh, I preached on recently, an encounter with Jesus, not a chance encounter. Hear me. When God moves, it wasn't on accident on his part. You may feel like, man, they just popped out of nowhere. This just happened. No, no, which we're going to talk about today. Jesus had purpose and intention with this woman at the well. And her testimony changed her whole village. Reread it. At the end, they came because of what she said, but they stayed because they heard Jesus personally. And then right after this, you have the official son. So Jesus is coming through, and it's it's an odd encounter. Jesus is is going on his way, and in my opinion, he's he's on a mission to where we're getting to today. And this official... Someone that, you know, he's going to give him a little rebuke, but still heals his son. The official comes to him and says, Lord, my son is close to death. Please come and heal him. And he kind of like it's kind of an ugly little thing that goes on. He was like, oh, you people, you've always won a sign, blah, blah, blah. Go your way. He's healed. (laughs) That's what he does. And the official's like he believes in his going. And on his way back, because he's far away from where he's at, on his way back, he meets one of his servants. And the servant says, hey, your son started getting better. When did he get better? The, the guy asked the official. 
Because they at this time, you know when that time was? It was like when he had the conversation with Jesus. And when Jesus said, he'll be okay. He's like, man, man. And then we get in to where we're going to be today. We get into verse 1. It's going to be on the screen behind us. Um, I always encourage you, um, it's okay to bring your Bibles to church. Actually, I would encourage you to bring your Bibles to church. I would encourage you, it is not sacrilege um, to marker them things up, get some highlighters, make some pen marks, you know, like, there isn't going to be like a, a bolt from heaven. Okay, don't be like, um, I can't remember the guy, uh, oh my gosh, what was one of the founding fathers that he cut and took away things that he didn't like and put back what he wanted. Don't do that. But, huh? Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. But like, mark it up, make notes, go, I need to research this letter later. Like, I feel like the Holy Spirit is the spotlight as you're reading, and some of that spotlight is like, I don't know, or this is weird. Don't, don't just move past those things. So like, as I'm going through the Word, God may have something else that He wants in you out of this text that I'm not going to cover today. So it's great to have it, so then you can look back on it later and Pull it out. So here we go. Verse 1. It says, After this, there was a feast of the Jews, most likely Passover, uh, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So he was heading in to this feast. Now there was in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool. In Aramaic, it was called Bethesda, which is a five-roofed colonnade. Uh, in these laid a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. In Aramaic, Bethesda um, means house of mercy, which is exactly what's going to happen. It's just a, just a little bit. Uh, you may notice, if you've got your Bibles, you may miss it up here, um, but if you're reading ESV and a lot of the newer translation, there's just no verse 4. You're like, did they misnumber that? Did somebody mess up? Um, so just in case you catch that and be like, what's going on? Someone erased a verse. Um, so verse 4, which I'm going to read it to you, um, isn't in the earliest manuscripts. It doesn't mess with the thing, but it does make sense of a little something that's going to be said in verse 7. Um, but this is what verse 4 is. Um, waiting on, and it's not going to be up there, I don't think, because it's not in the text. Waiting on the moving of the water, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool to stir the water, and whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water would be healed of whatever disease that he had. Now, whether this is legit, whether this was a superstition that it happened, maybe one person was healed, and then, you know, it's kind of like, when someone does something, they're like, man, it works for everybody. Like, this is going to be like, you know, you step in this pool, one person gets better because of it. And then they may have been sitting here for decades waiting for it to happen. So whether it is or not doesn't matter. God's done strange things, but I, I don't think an angel was coming down and stirring the water. Uh, my opinion. Uh, sometimes what comes out of my mouth is literally just Heath's thoughts, which caveat those, put an asterisk beside them, because Heath's thoughts are occasionally wrong, okay? But it doesn't matter whether that is or isn't, but that's why they're there. They're in this colonnade. They're around this pool because they're waiting, the person we're going to talk to, they're waiting for that water to stir so they can go in and get healed, sitting there. Verse 5, 
It says, one man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. Think you've been waiting a long time? You think, man, why is God so slow in giving me what I think that I need? 38 years. Now, and here, here's just a side note. Like, his 38 years were, were worth it for this moment. This is for somebody in the room. You may be on year 37 right now. And year 38's coming. That's for free. I'm just giving all kinds of free stuff out today. <clears throat> 38 years. God is never late. <laughs> okay? If, if you've not been relieved of something, and let me just say, um, God can love you. And you can be blessed by God and be walking in the path of God, being obedient to God and suffer horribly for all of your life here on this planet. And he still loves you. For those in the one-year Bible, we're, we're, we're in a prime example. We started this morning reading in Job, craziest story in the world, two or three times. The voice of God says there's nothing wrong with this man. So for those that are just like, why is this continuing? What's going on? I don't know, but God knows, and he's never late. <clears throat> I think Jesus healed the official son from afar because he was on a mission. And the mission was this one man. So hear this, that we've, what I've already said. It is packed with people with infirmities. Packed with people that were blind or lame or whatever. were packed in here, and there was only one that is healed. One. Verse 6, and Jesus saw him laying there and knew, keyword here, knew that he had already been there a long time. And he said to him, do you want to be healed? That's the title of my message today. Do you want to be healed? It sounds like a dumb question. 38 years. He's sitting around a pool hoping the water stirs so he can roll in there and get healed. Do you think he wants to be healed? Jesus knew. Think about the implications of that. He knows you also very well. Like he, he knew what this man had been through. He's not unaware. It's not like he shows up on the scene asking someone to fill in the blanks of what's going on. I missed it. Like I, I miss pieces of conversation all the time. I hear and his, you know, like my eyes are getting. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the day that I get to preach up here with glasses that'll let me see this, but not you. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's, it's a new world I'm in, but sometimes I miss pieces of conversation and my wife is always pointing it out and like, Oh, I, I said this earlier. Jesus doesn't arrive on the scene and be like, okay, fill me in. He knows he knew when he walked on here, I think just like I already said, he was on a mission to this point to this person. Listen to this in Psalms, Psalms 139 verse four. It says, even this will mess with you should mess with you. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you knew it all together. Woo. You just need to get attuned to that Holy Spirit so he can be like, no, nah, no. Nah. I need that. Like, I'm getting closer to that point of, like, feeling. Like, 
Because he knows. If he knows that the words that are going to come out of our mouth, he's clearly aware of everything that's already coming out of our, come out of our mouth. He's clearly already aware of all the things that we've already experienced. So this is the question Jesus is asking us today. And I'm going to change it a little bit. And I'm going to use some different words for healed because you may be like, well, I don't. You know, healing is anything that God does in us to change what we shouldn't be, what we are operating in into what he desires. So some of you may be like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not invalid, like I'm not here. But there are things in this room, there's healings in this room, there's change that God wants to bring that will radically transform your life just like this person's. And there's also people in this room that suffering has been given to you as a gift. James 5, Romans 1. Suffering has been given to you as a gift of clarity, as a gift of understanding who God is, that it, it, it would be a deficit to you if it's removed. I'm still praying that if you have an infirmity that God would heal it today. Side note, <clears throat> some are unwilling. Here, here's part of the question. Do you, do you want to be healed? Some of us are unwilling to let go of these issues, this thing that we're holding on to, because, and this sounds odd, because we see a benefit in it. Some of the things that God wants to heal you from, change, change in you, you don't want to let go because you use it for your benefit. Maybe it's a sin that you're like, mm, like God wants to free you from that. He wants to heal you from that. But you're like, no, 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 no. This is my comfort sin. It may be something that you're just unwilling to do what he's asked you to do. So what are you holding on to? What, what are you unwilling to? To allow God into because you understand that when he comes in, things change. Watch this. Verse 7. The sick man answered him. He just said, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I'm going, or whatever... And while I'm going, another steps down before me. Everyone has their excuses and has their reasons why they haven't changed or why they won't. Some of us haven't even taken the time to find out what those reasons are. We're just staying in this place that we don't want to be in, unaware of why we're staying there. And I think this is why the question is there. I think this is why the question is being asked to us today is, do you want to change? Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be freed from whatever that is? Jesus is the source and the only source. There is not magic water. I think some of us... And we, I'll call it a superstition, but some of us are, are lingering around pools that aren't going to do anything for us. 
We're lingering around things that we feel like, man, this, this is gonna, it's gonna work, it's gonna happen. And I think moments like these is when we get the clarity to see that it isn't that. It isn't, and that's, I think, it's another Heath thought. Uh, I think Jesus healed in different ways all the time because he was afraid that we would pick up on a pattern and we would mimic that pattern thinking that it was the pattern that healed us. I've said this in here before, you know, Jesus spit in mud and made it and rubbed it on people. Like, I think if he did that more than once, we would have like pits of mud and you would come and you'd come up here and I would spit in it. The holy heath spittle. And we would rub it on each other's faces. Look, it is never the thing because Jesus can heal from afar. He can heal with mud. He can spit in people's faces. He can do all kinds of things. Because it's him doing it. He doesn't want you to follow a pattern and love the pattern more than the person. He wants you to follow him and trust him in how he's going to do it, regardless of how he does it. Verse 8, Jesus said to him, he, okay, so he asked him, do you want to heal? He never answers the question. He gives an excuse. Sound familiar? Verse 8, and Jesus said to him, ignoring his little excuse. This is crazy. I, I don't even, I'm not even theologically get, I'm going to a little bit. But like, he gives him something that he didn't ask for. Listen to this. Jesus said to him, get up, take your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed and he took his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, which we're going to get into. Okay, okay. There will always be, if God's going to do anything today in you, there will be a measure of cost to you. And you're like, well, this isn't really costing. He didn't even ask for it. When Jesus said, get up, pick up your bed and walk, what did he do? He had to do it. He had to listen to what Jesus said and do it. Could you imagine how insane it was in his brain? 38 years he had been shuttled to this place. I don't know if he slept there overnight. I don't know if family brought him. I don't know how he got there. But for 38 years, he was fully aware that I'm not just going to miraculously get up tomorrow morning when I wake up and look at me. But in that moment, when Jesus spoke it, he did it. I mean, can you imagine... Like me, I'm so cynical. I don't know if y'all know me, but like I'm working on it. Like I'm a cynical person that's like, oh, yeah. you see like some magic show and be like, what'd you just do? Like, I know that's an illusion. You know, like I'm looking like, oh, come on, this isn't real. But could you, and I don't know if like right there in that moment, I mean, because I don't know if you've stopped working out for an extended period of time and just sit around and do absolutely nothing, but you get really weak. Like just imagine not getting up for 38 years. It's not like he's like, look at me, guys. <laughs> and I, I don't know if in that moment when Jesus spoke the healing, he was like a, you know, like a mini version of what happened to Hulk. He's like, <laughs> I mean, because bones and bones don't get you up. You got to have muscles to get you up. But I don't know in that moment when he's laying there, what what made him do that first like you know, because there had to be some movement that started and every movement, every 
small movement, every inch that he progressed up, I'm sure his faith grew and grew and grew. And you know what? He didn't just get up and walk again. He picked up something and carried it. Like, it's miraculous if you just get up and not walk, but he gets up and picks up this stuff and carries it. It took faith to attempt getting up, and it's going to take faith to walk out what God is going to speak into you. It's going to take a measure of faith, and it's going to cost you. Verse 10 says, And the Jews said to the man who had been healed. So these are just regular, God-fearing Jews. These weren't even the leaders. These are just, you know, the people that are watching this. And the Jews said to the man, and I don't know if they saw him get healed. I don't know. I don't know if they were there in the moment. I kind of think if they were there, they wouldn't be saying this. But I'm sure he took that mat and stuff, and he's like, I don't need the pool anymore. And he's heading out, and someone sees him carrying something. And how dare you? It's the Sabbath. It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to take up your bed. This, this man, and I'm telling you, for us to step into what God's calling us to, this man didn't care what other people thought. And he was a good Jew. I'm sure he was fully aware what day it was, and, he, and he's going to explain in just a minute. This is why he did what he did. For your healing and your change, there will be similar people that will look at you and go, "Mm, that's not going to last. That ain't real. Like, whatever. Fill in the blank. You're going to hear it. And he could have been like, oh, you're right, and fell on the ground and threw all this stuff there and just, like, lay down again and be like, yep, you're right. I'm not. I'm an invalid again. He's like, nah. You see these legs? This, This man that said to do this, he said, pick up this, and I picked it up. Verse 11, but he answered them, speaking to the people that just said, hey, this is Sabbath. He said, the man, this is hilarious, the man who healed me, that man said to me, take up your bed and walk. When Jesus tells you to do something after giving you a miracle, you do it without questions. You know the greatest miracle that all of us can experience? And it's not a healing that comes from your physical body. It's salvation. The miracle that he gives us is that we get to have an audience with the Father, not because of our works, not because of our efforts, because of Jesus. And he offers it to us while we're still sinners he and we're going to get to some pretty interesting dialogue here in just a second he didn't ask anything of this man he didn't ask change he didn't he didn't say anything he offered him something before he put any requirements on him he didn't stay without offering any requirements to him but he did the miracle without it beginning with something on his end verse 12 it says they asked him who is this man who said to you, take up your bed and walk. Now, uh, the man who had been healed did not know who it was. (laughs) He didn't know it was Jesus. Maybe he'd heard of Jesus, 
But he didn't know it was Jesus. And after Jesus healed him, it says, For Jesus had withdrawn as there was a great crowd in the place. Okay, so Jesus is like, get up, pick up your mat, walk. And he's like, Did you? I don't know if you've seen that homeless in some like, little thing where he goes into the bush. Anybody? Okay. I mean, Jesus just like into the crowd. You can't see me. Why? If, if Jesus would have identified him, and every one of us in the flesh would identify ourselves as, look what I just did. Look at the healing that I just did. All of our miracle workers today alive would be like, look, I just healed somebody. We'd be posting it on Instagram. We'd be doing all these things. And Jesus just, because his business for that day had been finished in that moment. His job was done. And if it would have been, if you thought the people fought to get in the water when the water stirred, may or may not have healed people. Can you imagine what this crowd of people would have done if they were like, he healed me and Jesus hung around. It would have been over. He'd been doing that all day. And not that he didn't want to, but he had a mission with this one person. He didn't even know the man's name. He didn't even know it was Jesus. Verse 14. So afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, he probably went to the temple and like, look, 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 look what God has done. Look, look what's going on. He went to the temple. Jesus finds him in the temple. And this will just mess with you. You should just, you just read this a couple times this week. Just read this a couple times. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. (laughs) Sin no more that nothing worse may happen to you. We talked about holiness a few weeks ago. And I I don't know how we can read the Gospels and, and, and see interactions with Jesus Christ and think he is all about just setting you free and giving you what you want at no cost to you. Go and sin no more. See, notice Jesus gave the healing before asking for holiness. Ezekiel talks about this, you know, we, we have a heart of stone, and when, when salvation happens, God removes that heart of stone and puts a heart of flesh so that we have the capacity to listen and obey. So Jesus did this work in him before he asked anything. See, Jesus is interested in your holiness. What is the gift of health with the loss of eternity with the Father? I think some of us would sell Jesus out for the whatever thing that we want. Maybe it's this ill. I think some of us would sell Jesus. We would cast him away for this thing. And I just want to tell you that this world, and this is going to hurt. This world isn't our home. This world isn't our place. This is a vapor. This is a moment. Paul says, are light and momentary troubles. Jesus isn't interested in healing just our physical, because that's temporary. This man, at some point, died and is dead right now. So it relieved him for however many more years that he had on this 
planet, but that ended. And then what? A couple more verses down, he says this in uh, verse 28 and 29. It says, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. It is no benefit for us to have a healthy physical body and miss the one miracle that Jesus wants to give, which is him. In Matthew, also a very weird encounter. Matthew, verse 5, um, or chapter 5, verse 30. It's talking about, you know, these things that happen. It says, if your right hand, this one, this is my right hand. I have to look sometimes. That's left, right, okay. Right hand. If your right hand causes you to sin, to cut it off and throw it away. Okay, just a side note. If you've never heard that before, don't go home and do it. Because that's not going to fix your problem. Okay? Okay? But, listen to this. Cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. Look, I think in those verses specifically, God's like, Be extreme in your willingness to eliminate things in your life that are destructive to you. Plucking out your eye, I don't think Jesus intended it. I'm sure there's well-meaning believers that have been eyeless and handless and be like still sinners. I mean, still stuck in. Anyway, anyway. But that's the practicality. Sin is always, hear, hear this, sin always leads to pain and broken relationships. Sometimes it's just delayed. Because I think sometimes we're like, getting away with it. I'm getting away with it. No one knows. It causes no problem. And then, you know, the front wheel of your bicycle comes off going 10 miles an hour down the road. And there it is. Like there is things going on in our life that God wants to free you from. Verse 15 says, the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus. I don't think he's like ratting Jesus out. I think he wanted to give credit to the source. Probably, hey guys, you need to learn. Like here's here's this man. You need to know this man. That Jesus had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus. This is one of the things that led Jesus to the cross. And there was nothing that was going to stop Jesus from going there. He was willing to put his life on the chopping block because of these things for the mission that he had. And li- listen to this, last verse. And i got a couple questions for you. Uh, why the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I'm working. Jesus, in another saying, says, I only say what I hear the Father speaking to me, and I only do what I hear the Father telling me to do. 
That's why when he walked into that colonnade, when he walked in to that area of the pool, he did the one thing that God asked him to do and then went back. So here's some questions for you. Think about this. Do you want to be healed or changed? Do you? Because a lot of us would say verbally yes, but do nothing of what Jesus asks us to. When he says get up, when he says pick up his mat, he's giving them a task to do. And part of that was walking into his healing. Some of us in this room, we're saying yes out loud. Especially if you're struggling with something, but you're unwilling to do the thing that he asks you to. You're unwilling to go, come hell or high water, we're unwilling to to realize that there's things in my life that I need to eliminate. There's things and ways of life that I need to stop or change. So my question for you again is, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be changed? And I want to say this as I'm asking you that question. He knows all about you, but he's still asking. He knew all about this guy, and he went out of his way for this moment to offer and give this man what he couldn't on his own do for 38 years. There may be things in this room that are going on in your life that have been a part of you for years. I can safely say that there's people in this room that right now currently are struggling with an addiction of some form. And it's not me being prophetic, but statistically. Whether it be drugs, whether it be pornography, whether it be some other thing there's struggle that's going on in this room and and i feel like the holy spirit is going hey do you want that to change and you may be thinking in your mind as soon as i'm saying that yes i want it to change i've been wanting it to change forever just like the man every day going to the pool or living at the pool either one he was there because he wanted it (laughs) and i think he like us were missing the key ingredient which was the power of the living God and a surrendered life to his will and to his ways. I'm going to invite our worship team up. I've got two more questions for you. Where's Jesus asking you to get up, pick up your stuff and walk? Where is it? Because... You can leave here today and begin to take steps into that healing, just like this man did. Or you can leave here today going, yep, I would love that, but I'm not willing. We won't say this out loud. We won't even say it internally, but you'll act like it. I'm unwilling to trust God with my life. He's not interested in just giving you what you want. He's interested in you. And if this is year 36 and he's going to operate something in you on year 38, keep 
pressing on. But I feel like this room has some people in it that are at year 38. Not literally. And today could be the day where you stop trying to make it happen. You stop sitting around the pool. You stop doing the things that you have done before. And you just say, I'm yours. I'm tired of messing around. I'm tired of playing this, even this role of... I think the saddest part of where we live in the South is that we adopt culturally things that are Christian and miss Jesus. I think the saddest part of what I do and what I did the first 18 years of my life is that I was connected to a church that preached the gospel. But I miss Jesus. But I would have told you prior to me meeting Jesus for real at 18, I would have told you that I, I, was, I was his. I was connected. But I wasn't surrendered. I wasn't living for anyone but myself. And so as we go into this last song of worship, I just encourage, and this is a word that I feel like I've said a lot over the last 10 years of reach. My goal is to get people to wrestle. And I don't mean WWF. Wrestle. I mean like Jacob. Grabbing on to God and saying, I'm not letting go. And we provide you a few minutes to wrestle. A few minutes for you to go, do, do, I, do I want this? Because if you want it, be willing to act in faith for what God's going to ask. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, there's tension in this room because we want you but we're not sure we're willing to pay the price for it. We put that in another phrase. We're not sure if we trust you completely. If we're being real honest. And Lord, at some point, it's going to take a measure of faith to get up. A measure of faith to, to stand on what you're speaking to us in your word. And Lord, I just pray right now as we wrap up this service with a song that we wrestle with this reality. Lord, I pray that there would be people in this room that want it enough to say me. Want it enough at the end of the service to go into the back corner where our people are going to be praying and say, this is what's going on and I need Jesus. Lord, I pray over people in this room right now that the struggle is real and they're at the point of finally saying, help. And Lord, I pray that your miraculous power would begin to heal people, not in the slow, but Lord, I pray that you would bring radical transformation to bodies, 
to minds, to souls. Lord, I pray that we would see your power. Lord, I pray for us individually as we're sitting here going, yeah, yeah, so-and-so need this. Yes, this is great. Lord, I pray that you would shake us to our core and, and tell us today, this moment, that you're not done with us. That you have more. And so, Lord, I just ask for there to be more in us. We need more of you. Lord, I pray over John the Baptist's words, uh, two chapters before this in John, that, that I must decrease so that he can increase. Let that be our words today. Lord, I pray for salvation. I pray, I pray for those in this room that have that have played around with church and, and uh, sat out on, on the sidelines, but kind of on the team that they'd be willing to stop playing around. That they'd be willing to say, today, I'm yours. If you want me to clean toilets or be a missionary to another country, Lord, I want to do what you want of me. And Lord, I, I pray for the peace that comes as we begin to step into the things that you've designed us to do. Lord, I thank you that if this morning's the morning, um, that all the other things in our life led us to this point. So let us experience you. Let us be willing to walk out of this door and listen and connect with the living God. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, be sure to visit us online at reachcommunitychurch.com.